Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I thank you and praise you for who you are and all that you've done for us. And Lord, I don't take you for granted. Actually, Lord, I repent for all the ways and all the times that I take you for granted, for the gifts and blessings that you have poured out so generously and abundantly upon my life, and I enjoy them. I simply uh, exult in them. I am blessed by them without acknowledging you as their source or without uh, asking you for the reasons for which they were given. I repent for the times that I uh, take mercies for granted, that you bless me in ways that I don't deserve. You preserve me and my loved ones from harms and dangers that uh, otherwise would have damaged or even destroyed so many goods at the human and even at the supernatural level. Lord our God, please remove the blockages from my mind, my hearts, my passions, the every dimension of my life that holds me back from being a useful vessel to you. Dredge out my soul, O Lord, from all that is harmful to my spiritual well-being or the fulfillment of my God-given mission. Please, O God, fit me to my call. Make me suitable and make my life uh, transparently uh, uh, manifesting the identity that I have in you, called to be a saint, and to fulfill the mission that is mine on earth. Whatever that is, Lord, I say yes in advance. Lord, I love you, but I want to love you more. Lord, I hope in you. Lord, give me greater confidence in your promises, your promises to provide and protect and lead, for you are the good shepherd of my soul and of my family's lives and of this church and of this world. Be the provident God who shepherds us towards the end for which you have created us. Lord, increase in us, increase in me the spirit of prayer and the spirit of penance, the spirit of of, uh, of willingness to be generous in embracing the path of the cross, the path of, of doing what is crucifying to our desires crucifying to, to the flesh, crucifying to all those things that incline us away from you. And Lord, draw us near to the purifying furnace of your love, whatever form that takes, whatever difficulty, trial, suffering, or burden. Lord, help us to be open to welcome these things, not as goods in themselves, but as things that are useful in cleansing us, humbling us, and readying us for fruitful service. Lord, uh, uh, convert our minds, convert our way of thinking, convert my way of thinking so that it is conformable to yours. Lord, make my mind like unto the mind of Christ. Jesus, I want to have your thoughts in my mind, your love pulsing in my heart. I want it to be so docile, so available to your spirit that uh, it, is, it, is, it is a source of joy for you. That's what I want, Lord. And so, Lord, please grant me the grace of conversion and repentance today as I pray. And not only for me, Lord, but for all others for whom this prayer uh, prompts a yes, prompts an amen, prompts a yes, me too, Lord, even more. Lord, that and other things as well. Lord, unite us as this beautiful body of believers um, on this program. And for whenever people are listening to it, Lord, unite us. 
Unite us in, in a spirit of generosity and holiness and responding to your call. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, that wasn't a prayer I had scripted. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I, I prayed as, as, it, as I was prompted. I prayed as it came to me. I prayed for as long as it came to me. And um, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for that prayer. Um, it's, you know, it. I'm not actually sure why I, I prayed those things. I think I, I have part of the reason why. I have an outline of today's program. It's an outline that I developed years ago. And it was based on this theme of approaching the new year and the concept of New Year's resolutions from a standpoint of faith and from a standpoint of living faith, a right now moment of faith, a moment of saying that year to year, things aren't just repetitions of the year before. Things aren't just, oh, the four seasons, here we are, the beginning of a new calendar year, it's the same old thing. No, um, the, and, and that even gets reflected in the concept of New Year's resolutions. People are like, okay, the, the new, the, this old year is ending, and boy, I'm ready to let go of certain things in my life. And I see these things that are apparent to me that need to change, things that I'm tired of, things that I'm sick of. I'm done with these things. I'm ready to move forward. And so, sure enough, at the beginning of the year, there are all of these different efforts that you find, especially now online, all of these programs you can sign up for, different coaching and marketing and, and life coaching and, and other get your life in order. Lots of fitness. Fitness is a really, really big deal. Like, let me get in shape in 2022. And, uh, and so all of these, what, New Year's resolutions, shedding uh, the the shedding myself from all of the old ways and embracing new ways. Is that a bad thing? No, it's a good thing. It's very reflective theologically of this idea that life is a journey and we're on the way. And, um, and so this gives us a sense of measuring and, and marking where we are on the way, comparing, like, here's where I've come from, and I can be celebratory about that. I can be encouraged by that. But I also have a standard, I have a goal that is in front of me of something that I want to do that will get me further, get me higher, get me closer to the ideal. And so New Year's resolutions are all about having that vision and the goals that are connected to the accomplishment of that vision. It's really, it's, it's very helpful and healthy for us to have resolutions. However, from the standpoint of faith, can we up our game on this? Can we approach this in a, dif uh, in a different way? So, yes, we want to start again. Yes, we want to have a, a sense of freshness about um, wanting to start out again on that journey or, or starting over. Um, and and, and I'm, this is something I'll encourage you to do for yourself as an individual. Do it as a couple. Do it as a family to set down some, some goals Right, and the goals again must should be connected to, like a, a a bigger vision, right? So, let's watch less TV or use our smartphones less or less time on the internet or let's undertake more spiritual practices, times of prayer together, formation, things like that. But those could be connected to that bigger picture, right? And so that bigger picture has to do with that sense of um, that sense of. Well, if I do those things, what will that lead to? If I do those things, 
what will that what will I gain? What how will I become more fully whom I am intended God intended me to be? So that's part of that's part of what we're going to dig into today is the way in which making a resolution at this time of year is a is a good and healthy thing to do as as a start of like launching out again, starting over again. Um, not those are good healthy things, but to do it in the light of faith. And part of how we do that is we make a resolution, right? What is a resolution, right? It, it's a it's about having a sense of conviction. It's about having a sense of direction. It's about having a sense of commitment. I'm determined, I'm committed, I'm convicted. This is the direction I must go to. I must, I must go to, uh, I, must, I must head in. Um, even Jesus, you'll see in the Gospels, uh, especially in the Gospel of Luke, it mentions how Jesus was resolved to go to Jerusalem. I am resolved. Jesus had a resolution. And so this idea of a resolution heading towards Jerusalem, like, I'm not going to be stopped. He knew that the fulfillment of his mission was there. He was resolved to head to the place where he would undergo his passion and his death on the cross. So a New Year's resolution for us, it's about starting fresh. It's about establishing some goals and about discovering this conviction, this commitment, this determination to press towards that goal, to press towards the fulfillment of what it is we're resolved to do. Well, let's stop and bring God into the picture, not on the sidelines cheering on the process, not on the sidelines evaluating what it is we're bringing to him and saying, Lord, here are the things that I've put on my New Year's resolution list. Can you help me out with this? But let's put God at the center of it. Let's put God at the center because God is at the source of your very being, the source of your life. Remember, I've talked about this. All of your life is a gift. And he, you, have a, you have an identity and a purpose. There's a vision and a mission for your life. The vision is you're going to become a saint, the saint that is in God's mind, the idea that he has for you. You are to become a saint. And the, the, the purpose is the mission he has for you through which you will manifest and uh, display and, and realize that call to holiness through the particular call, vocation that is yours in this world. Okay, so that's identity and purpose, vision and mission. Called to be a saint and to fulfill the God-given mission for which he puts you here on earth right now. Okay, we get that. And that, that speaks about the whole arc of our lives. But what about for right now? What about the right now moment of your life? What about the moment which is 2022? You've got this year coming up in front of you. What has God resolved to do in your 2022? That, that's exciting. For me, that's a very exciting thing. And so think about it from the standpoint of the right now moment. It has to do with an understanding of this concept of time as a moment in time, as a extraordinary or specially graced moment in time. You see this meaning of time in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. 
My brothers, do not receive the grace of God in vain, for now is the appointed time. Now is the moment. So 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2 talks about this idea of time that's different than the idea of seasons. This idea that, oh, there are these four seasons of time and there's this sort of circular repetitive pattern to these times that you could say, well, last year could be like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, this year can be like last year or maybe like next year. And so you have winter, summer, spring, fall, right? Um, not, not in that order. <laughs> spring, summer, win- fall, winter. Okay. Um, and so that's called chronos in, in the scriptures. Chronos is that idea of clock time, chronological time. And that's tomorrow is like today and it was today is like yesterday. So you have that same concept of time unfolding in a linear fashion, right? Think about it as a horizontal unfolding of time. But then in the scriptures, you also have what's called a kairos moment. So you have chronos and kairos. Kairos is the inbreaking. Think of a vertical breaking into time. Breaking it. That has to do with an event an event quality, something that is extraordinary, something that is different. There's something radically different about this moment in time. We see it, we glimpse it in special holidays, like we celebrated my son John Luke's birthday. Now, it would be two days ago. And uh, in, that was a specially graced moment. It was a breaking into, the uh, in the calendar, only one day out of 365 has that specially graced moment connected to it, the moment of celebrating his birth. Okay, but the same can we can say is connected to, uh, from the standpoint of faith, the idea of a specially graced moment in time that is a period of a year. And so here's how I'll put it. I'll make it dramatic enough that from all eternity, God has gazed down upon your 2022. And he is resolved. He has established a goal, a purpose. He has a vision and a mission. He is resolved to do something in your 2022. And here's the call. My brothers and sisters, do not receive the grace of God in in vain, for now is the time. Now is the appointed time. Now is the day of salvation. 2022 is going to be an appointed time for your life, a day of salvation for your life. He has been waiting. I put that in quotes, right? He has been gazing upon 2022 in your life, and there's something that he intends to do in you. There's something he intends to do through you. There's someone he intends you to become. There's something he intends to manifest through your life in 2022. Now is the time. Will we say yes to that resolution? Back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. It's great to be with you today. Today I'm talking about approaching the new year. It's coming quickly. It's coming very quickly. And approaching the new calendar year as a moment of grace, as a moment of breaking in and breaking open your life to let the Lord in. And that this isn't just a poetic or, uh, or an idea that's exaggerated, but that it's much more about the idea that 
God is the living God, and he's personal. And he desires to come closer to us than we imagine. He longs to draw near. And in drawing near, to grant us a sense of meeting him, an encounter, to be able to commune with him at a depth that maybe we've never known before. No, not maybe. At a depth we've never known before. To have a sense of freshness and, and alive, uh, a, a, a vitality and faith that is beyond what we've expected or imagined possible. And that the Lord will, will do wonders through your life. That as he cleanses you, expands your soul, your spirit, your life, and as he fills you with gifts and graces, he will increasingly use you as a conduit of blessing to others. This is what 2022 is going to be about if you let him, if you say yes. If you're open to that idea that God has a specific purpose and plan for your 2022, there's something at stake in it. There's something at stake in you recognizing and responding to what God is resolved to do. Honestly, I think that when I would give this kind of message, say, three or four years ago, five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, there was a way in which uh, folks listening could, could gravitate to that and say, I see that. I see that. I, I'm going to stretch my mind out because my mind, as I look at my life, seems pretty in order, pretty in control. Uh, things are, yeah, there's some bad stuff happening in the world, but, you know, my, my world is, is, is pretty good. I'm pretty comfortable, uh, uh, feeling, um, you know, pretty, you know, satisfied. You're dissatisfied in some ways, yeah, but, but okay, all right, I, I can be stretched into that idea that, that, there's something at stake in my twenty in my year, and and I, and I want to be open to that. Well, let me say, in the last year or two, especially in this last year, coming into the year, so deeply marked by COVID and approaching a new presidency in a, in a world unfolding um, a year ago, I think I'd say, yeah, you probably had a sense that was keener, that was. Uh, more easily recognized as a year that said, yeah, I, I get the sense that God is shaking my life in a way that I hadn't known before. Wasn't comfortable, it's not easy, wasn't expected, wasn't what I would have chosen, but it is what it is. And I am, uh, I'm wanting to, to embrace this vision for my life at, at a new level. That's my hope. My hope is that, yeah, if the circumstances of the world in which you're living have been shaken, shaken in a way that uh, was unexpected, that was surprising and, and, and uncomfortable, maybe bringing a kind of suffering and trials to your life that you didn't sign up for but needed to embrace, well, you know what? God will be at work in that. That's an important message. It literally, literally. So, okay, this is uh, the you're listening to this on the thirtieth, and last night I'm recording this in the evening. Uh, I, uh, Carrie and I had a talk with one of our daughters who was, had a challenging first semester at school, and 
uh, talk to her about it and just were like, you know, look, life is not always going to be easy. School's not always going to be easy. And uh, it's when, when you face a, a, a trial like this, when you face a challenge like this at, you know, at school or we could put in here at work and relationships, you know, so many other you know, important factors in life. Uh, you don't just give up. You don't just bail out. You don't just say I'm done and walk away. Uh, if if these trials are are challenging you to say it's this is hard, but but these are these are good hard things to wrestle with, and let me let me face the challenges, let me stay in in, in the battle, let me press through, and you know what, you'll you'll find that as these things purify you, as these things shape and mold you, they can lead to greater maturity in your life. And so I think, so that was the message. That was the message. The message was, you know, uh, what, what you're right now living in the midst of may not be easy, may be difficult, but God is at work. And if you let him, you'll find that God has got you and, and is using these harder times to draw closer to you. And isn't that the great blessing? When you are more reliant upon him. I, I think that, um, and, and so when I say, be open to God's resolution for your life, that God has resolved to do something in your life, that he may in fact be shepherding you through something that's difficult in order to bring you to a place that is more purified, more humble, more open and available to him, and you'll experience greater spiritual vitality. And that might take a reconfiguration, a, a, a real change that can be even like very significant. Let me give you a uh, an analogy drawn from my actual life from yesterday, from Wednesday. So on Wednesday, we drove back from our uh, time up and lookout. Um, there, there was a place to go skiing. It's on the border of Idaho and Montana. I didn't actually ski, but the, the kiddos did. And uh, we were staying at this uh, Airbnb uh, in Wallace. And um, we drove out in a couple of cars, and, and one of them is our uh, Chevy Suburban. And it's a, it's a 2009, so it's, it's got some years on it, and it's got a couple hundred thousand miles on it. Um, and we've had some engine problems with it. <laughs> and um, uh, I was told about six months ago that I'm going to need a new engine. But there was a temporary fix that would let it last for about four months, four to six months. And sure enough, it did. And then it broke down again. And, and when it broke broke down, it went into this like safe mode. I don't know if that's actually the right word, but it was a mode where the engine was now operating under reduced power. And I think it's called like Stabilitrack, uh, whatever that kind of stabilizing kind of thing, it, it gets turned off. So basically, you're in a low power mode. You can step on the gas right to the floor, and the power that the engine delivers to drive the car forward is like half, 
right? It's just much slower, and, and the engine kind of shakes. <laughs> so let's just say you shouldn't be driving around the car when it's in this sort of safe mode. It's just not going to let you drive that fast. And you could push your the gas pedal right to the floor. So got the car. Uh, sure enough, after about six months, this would be just about a week ago, it 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 manifested that same trouble again. So I, I brought it back to the guy. And he said, see, I told you, four to six months, and it's a temporary fix, and then you're going to have to face buying a new engine for this Suburban. And I'm like, well, I don't want to spend $10,000 on a new engine right now, so just fix it in this temporary way, and let's let it last another four to six months, and then we'll figure it out from there. Well, four to six months was four to six days because, sure enough, we got to Wallace, and I turned the car on in the morning to go drive the kids skiing. Uh, this is on Monday morning, and the car had fallen back into its low-power mode warning Stabilitrack offline. This was not good news because here we are, hour and a half from home in the snow, and a car that is not going to be drivable. Okay. Well, what ended up happening was came back, Carrie and I came back here uh, to get another car, and I stopped by the the uh, the car mechanic shop, and he said, hey, look, you might be able to clear the codes um, by using this little, like, code reader, and if you clear the codes, the engine, uh, the car may not f tumble back into low power mode. It might just get restored to its functioning uh, and then you could uh, maybe get it home that way or get it to a garage. And so he let me borrow his little code reader. And sure enough, that's how we got home. Now, I, I know I'm not recommending this as a practice. Um, we know what's wrong with the car, so it's not like it was dangerous to drive it. But we ended up this morning, or this was yesterday morning, getting up, turning the car on, and sure enough, the low power mode was on and I had to clear the codes and it went back to normal driving and I was able to start driving the car to get it back home and probably about 10 times in the course of the drive back home this the codes would kick in and it would go into low power mode and no matter how fast I would how much I could press down on the gas it was not going to go any faster. It was going to just slow down. And it was when I could erase the codes that, sure enough, the uh, car would be restored to power. And I do know that uh, really and truly what I need is a new engine, that these temporary fixes are not going to be sufficient to address what's really needed. Okay. Uh, and that costs a lot. That costs a lot of money to get the, the full all-in transplant of the engine, the engine replacement. But that's what's needed. Okay, anybody see any reflection here? Can you see the analogy here? So the Lord has given us in the Catholic Church and in the great spiritual writers in this church tremendous wisdom and insight to make us realize that so many Catholics— are running around with low power engines that 
uh, there are codes that if we knew how to read them, we'd realize that the stabilizing power that is supposed to be part of our lives when we have a smooth functioning life would allow us to operate at full speed that would allow us to operate with the power that God intends when he made us the way he made us. But when we are marked by things that are making our engine not perform well, we get slowed down. No matter how hard we want to press on that spiritual uh, gas pedal, we are not going to go any faster. And you know what? It's going to be a shaky ride and probably dangerous to try to drive it faster than we can. And so uh, this, is the, this is the story of sin and our need to understand the codes of what's wrong and learn how to erase those codes, erase those sins from our lives. And erasing those sins from our lives would, in fact, get us to be able to experience power in our lives, power to do good, power to do good. And when I say power to do good, I mean power to do good in how you talk to your wife. Power to do good in how you serve your family. Power to do good in how you put down your smartphone and take time to pray. Power to do good when it comes to fasting, when it comes to denying yourself, when it comes to choosing to, choosing to embrace a trial, a difficulty, rather than avoiding it and ignoring it. Choosing to suffer and to humble oneself rather than choosing to avoid humiliation and to be proud, or to just say, I don't care, or I don't care enough to stay in the game. There are many spiritual codes, there are many spiritual sins, and the negative impacts that those sins have that frankly just slow us down. They slow down our spiritual well-being. They diminish the spiritual power, the radiance of God's glory that God intends to have be at work in our lives. And you know what? We settle for it. We settle for it maybe, in fact, because we don't realize that God is a God of new beginnings and fresh starts. God can not only erase the code, God can give you a whole new spiritual engine. And you know what? It may not cost you a lot financially, but it's going to cost you nothing less than everything when it comes to your life. Are you ready for an engine replacement for your spirit? Are you ready for a heart transplant? That's really, that's probably a better analogy, is to get a whole new heart, to let the heart of Jesus replace your heart, or to allow his heart to encompass your heart, to plunge your heart into his to plunge your heart into his and let your heart be like St. Margaret Mary Alacoque saw, a little atom in the furnace of the heart of the sacred heart of Jesus that will consume your heart and remake your heart so that his heart, the heart of Christ, comes alive in yours. That's what we're signing up for. Wouldn't that be exciting? When we come back, I'm going to continue on this journey of what is God resolved to do in our 2022, and how do we discern that? Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. 
Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. So I mentioned this idea that um, God is resolved to do something in your 2022. Something that you uh, maybe have experienced in some way before. Maybe it's a, it's, it's a, it sounds like a similar call that maybe you'll have, but it'll have a fresh application. It'll have a fresh relevance. It'll have a freshness, a newness to it that will, will unfold uh, something different for your, for your life. And, and who knows what that's going to be? But let me tell you, as I was preparing for this program, I took out my collected works of St. John of the Cross, because in my outline, I referenced a text from the Ascent of Mount Carmel, one of the more famous texts of St. John of the Cross. Again, St. John of the Cross was this reformer of the Carmelite community, along with the great St. Teresa of Avila, and um, he was St. Teresa of Avila's uh, confessor, and he uh, founded, uh, along with her, this uh, discalced Carmelite community. And um, he wrote some texts for the spiritual well-being of these discalced Carmelites of his order, but these texts have an application that go far beyond uh, those in consecrated life, even though there are some specific ways in which these texts apply, especially to those who are living lives that are completely set apart for the Lord in a monastic setting. But let me tell you, when um, I was thinking about this idea of resetting codes, codes that are triggering an engine to work at half power and to make it less stable, <laughs> you know, for the, using the engine analogy, Reading some of what St. John of the Cross says in the Ascent of Mount Carmel, I, I, had, I went back over it. Uh, I was looking through some of the parts I'd underlined, and man, stunningly like, like a spotlight on my life. The way in which St. John of the Cross identifies the negative impacts of sinful thoughts, sinful desires of the flesh, in its dimensions and how it's impacting our lives, he has such a sensitivity, a spiritual sensitivity to the negative effects of sin on our lives, on our souls, on our spiritual fruitfulness. I'm like, wow. Talk about you know, I swear, like that Ascent of Mount Carmel is like that little device that plugs into the car and reads it. It reads what's going on inside the car, inside the engine, and it gives you the ability to not only name the codes, but erase them. It's like, that's like reading the Ascent of Mount Carmel. So I'll be honest with you. It's like, as here I am, I am still discerning myself. Lord, what are you resolved to do in my 2022? What are you resolved to do in my life in 2022? I get one chance to live this. I get one chance to live 2022. And I know, and, and I'm guessing you want this too, I want to live the 2022 that God has held in his safekeeping from all eternity. From all eternity, God has held in his mind in the year 2022, this is what I have for Tom. This is what I have for his life. This is what I intend to do in his life. I, I want that, Lord. I'll just say it out loud. I want that, Lord. 
I want to get to the end of 2022 and say, I lived the 2022 that you've had in your safekeeping. You've hit it in your heart. Now you've unfolded it. I say yes to that. And so as, as, as you're approaching the end of your 2021, ask yourself, can you say that about your 2021? Can you say, in this past year, as I reflect back on it, Lord, I'm so grateful because I see clearly manifest the resolutions that you had in store for me. And I celebrate with praise and thanksgiving all of the wonderful ways that I said yes to that and that you did an amazing work in me. It's sort of like making an examination of conscience for the year 2021. Not just for a day, not just like as a daily spiritual practice, or not just in preparation for going to confession, but as a um, as a regular practice, or, or sorry, as a practice for, for this year, to stop and say, did I live the 2021 that the Lord held in his safekeeping for me? And I have not done a rigorous reflection. Carrie and I started it. But as, I, as I'm just kind of doing this live with you here and now, I have to admit, I, I, I'm trying to think of, like there's nothing that jumps out at me right at the beginning that says, I recognize that you were asking something of me and I failed you. I, I want to say probably the closest is um, the way in which I committed to pray on Facebook, the rosary, as a means of ministering to people. That might be, that might be one, that would be one I'm thinking, just, just again, this is off the cuff. I'm going to do this a, a little bit more with prayerfully and carefully. Um, how did I fall short in 2021? Because, if we fall short in any ways, intentionally, like we knew what we were called to do but failed to do it, um, isn't that a sadness? Wouldn't that be a, a source of sadness that I missed out on not just, oh, I missed out an opportunity to, to, to get this or to, to gain that. No, but I missed out on what God had intended for me. Wow, I let you down. The Lord was ready to do something. The Lord was ready to do something, and somehow I let him down. If it didn't happen, it wasn't his fault. So I can tell you that part of what the Lord is doing in for me in 2022 is going back over the ascent of Mount Carmel. I, I but That's my sense. It may, might be that going over the dark night, um, because that's another one that is, uh, it, it's a similar book to The Ascent of Mount Carmel. Um, and and yeah, I've gone through them both, and they're just um, uh, overwhelming is what they are. They're overwhelming texts to read. Um, they're not the easiest, to be honest with you. Uh, you may want to begin with Introduction to the Devout Life, or even The Imitation of Christ, if you haven't if you haven't uh, read these books, because they go deep. These St. John of the Cross is a scuba diver of the spiritual life 
when it comes to sin, especially, especially when it comes to the the purgative stage, the purgative stage, and that's frankly where just too many of us are. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that because we're an age that is so weak when it comes to the use of penance and mortification, uh, asceticism, right, spiritual training, as part and parcel of our spiritual lives. I don't know. Maybe I'm just way off on this, but it just feels like to me that I'm just not hearing regular homilies uh, or haven't in the course of my life regular calls to fast, to do penance, to make reparation for other people's sins. Honestly, I do hear it at the traditional Latin Mass. I do hear a, um, uh, a regular call to prayer, I'm sorry, to fasting, mortification, asceticism, reparation. I do hear those uh, in homilies from uh, the FSSP community, uh, the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter. So I, I do. I, I'll, I'll put that out there. But And that has been a wonderful, refreshing thing for me. Isn't that interesting? It's refreshing to me to hear a call from my spiritual fathers, the priests, to tell me, to, 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 to exhort me, to fast, to deny myself, to uh, make sincere acts of contrition and penance and, and repentance and to do penance and make acts of reparation for the sins of our nation, of our church, of our, of our own local communities, or of our own lives. Um, what a beautiful thing. What a powerful thing when that happens. Um, so, okay, coming back to this ascent of Mount Carmel, um, I want to read. It's not just about, though, overcoming those codes that need to be erased, right? Those sinful codes that we know slow us down. But what about this? On Judgment Day, quoting it now, God will punish the faults and sins of many with whom he communed familiarly here below and to whom he imparted much light and power. For they neglected their obligations and trusted in their converse with him and the power he bestowed on them. Did you hear that? On Judgment Day, God will punish the faults and sins of many with whom he communed familiarly here below and to whom he imparted much light and power. For they neglected their obligations and trusted in their converse with him and the power he bestowed on them. Simply put, we... Catholics, especially if you're listening to this radio program, you've been blessed with so many blessings. They've been given to you, and you've enjoyed them. They've brought you much life. But have you put them at the service of the Lord and the church, given to you, but given for others as well? Back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. So that was kind of a challenging message I just shared there that uh, what was I doing I was quoting from St. John of the Cross in the Ascent of Mount Carmel that it's not only that we are called upon to remove to battle against sins that are slowing down our engines making us work at reduced power but rather we who have been blessed with many gifts and graces in faith and enjoy the 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 blessings, that the vitality that comes to our lives through them, like peace, like joy, like a sense of, of freedom, a sense of clarity, 
a sense of hope, right? All of the sense of knowing God's love. Think about those blessings. They've been given to you, but they are not only for you. They've been given to you because he loves you, but they're not only given for you. They're given for others. And so maybe that's part of our New Year's resolution is God, what are you resolved to do in my life this year by the blessings, through the blessings that you have poured out upon my life or that you intend to pour out upon my life? Yes, Lord, they're given to me, but they're not only given for me. So help me to know how you want me to use these blessings. Okay, let me come back now to this idea that God is resolved to do things in your 2022. Well, what will help us in our tradition make and keep our God-motivated, God-decided resolutions? What will help us make and keep our resolutions? Okay? So the first thing is this. Is, is having that inspiring vision that will motivate you and me to do or to avoid or omit what I'm resolved to do or omit. And Aquinas talks about this. What will help us make and keep our resolutions? He makes a distinction in the Summa Theologica between willing the end, that is, being determined to say yes to this goal, this intention, and willing the means to the end. There's a distinction that Aquinas makes between willing the end and willing the means to the end. So willing the end or the goal is called intention. I intend to be healthy. I want to tend towards health. Health is the goal, that goal that I can embody in a vision of what does a healthy Tom look like. Well, willing the means to that end, he calls choice. So choice are those actions that I take, those decisions that I make, right, specific ones, that will manifest the intention of being healthy coming about, the achieving of that intention. So I choose to eat well, today and exercise today so that that's the means i will achieve my intention of being healthy so it's not just about when you make a resolution to have the end or goal in mind but also having the plan the strategy and the plan right the strategy what's the path i'm going to take and then map out what does it mean to walk that path to get to the goal because Aquinas says, look, you cannot will the end without also willing the means to the end. So you can't say, I intend to pray more this year without willing the specific and appropriate means of achieving that goal. Therefore, I'll wake up 30 minutes earlier each day and I will pray the Liturgy of the Hours, which I have on this app or in the Magnificat or in my breviary, or I'm going to pray quietly or I'll do the readings of the day or... So having the end and then having the means to the end. Now there's also a temptation that Aquinas points out. And the temptation is choosing to do specific activities or means without having a clear vision of the ultimate goal or end or purpose you're trying to achieve through these means. 
Did you get that? So for instance, if we're just going to choose to do specific activities, these willing the means to the end, but not having that clear picture of what this is all about, we're going to lose our momentum. And it becomes easy to fail to fulfill the resolution. So for instance, if you say, I'll give up coffee this year, and you're really making a choice rather than an intention, right? Uh, it's it's it, the compelling thing. There isn't the intention. It's it's the ability. Uh, it's it's just it's a specific choice. You say I'm going to give up coffee this year so that my body can be free from any addicting, uh, uh, any any kind of addictions to um, food or drink. I want to be clear-minded and not rely on coffee to be able to give me energy. Ooh, so I'm going to give up coffee. So now you can see how that giving up coffee fits within the bigger picture. So as you're discerning, God, what are you doing in my 2022? And you begin to manifest that in, in specific uh, intentions, goals. Be sure that then when you come up with specific, make sure that you're not just identifying specific activities, right? But rather, those activities are connected to the bigger intention, which is a manifestation of a goal that has a picture connected to it. Whew, there we go. All right. Now, Aquinas then connects the idea of choice to intention. And what the way this comes to be mapped out in, our, in, in moral theology is that what we really need to develop is the will to will. Isn't that interesting? It's not just developing uh, determination, but a will to will. And, and let me use the other words now. I have to develop the intention to choose. The will as an intention, the will the tending towards the goal, the will to will, which is the specific acts or choices I'm going to make. So and when we do that, um, what we're able to do is connect the means to the end. Now, Aquinas gives an example of this in the Transfiguration. He says that, he asks the question, was it fitting that Jesus was transfigured in the presence of Peter, James, and John? And his answer is yes, it was fitting. Why? Because having seen Jesus transfigured, they have a vision of his glory. Ah, they have a picture, a vision. They have an end. They have a goal that they can strive towards. They have something to tend towards, an intention. They can tend towards that goal in their minds, the transfigured Jesus. And if they can do that, then they'll be able to embrace the path of his passion, which is the means to that end in their lives. Did you get that? See, if they can get a vision of the glory, the glory of the Lord, then that'll empower them to be able to make the choices to walk the difficult path. Here's how Aquinas says it. He says, Our Lord, after foretelling his passion to his disciples, exhorted them to follow the path of his sufferings. Now, in order that anyone go straight along a road, he must have some knowledge of the end. Got that? See? You, why, why would I go straight along the road making the choices to walk down that road unless I know where it's going. Thus an archer will not shoot the arrow straight unless he first sees the target. Hence Thomas said, Lord, we, knew not, we don't know where you go. How can we know the way? 
Above all, Aquinas says, is this necessary when hard and rough is the road, heavy the going, but delightful the end? Hard and rough is the road, heavy the going, but delightful the end. That's what we need to know about our life of faith. That's what we need to know about our life on earth. That's what we need to know about maybe life in 2022. The road is going to be hard and rough. The going is going to be heavy. But in the end, the end will be delightful. And so now by Jesus' passion, he achieved glory, to which he brings, to which glory he brings those who follow him on the steps of his passion. Therefore, it was fitting that he should show his disciples his glory in the transfiguration, to which he'll configure those who are his. Jesus allowed them to taste for a short time the contemplation of eternal joy so that they might bear persecution bravely. Isn't that beautiful? And so Jesus is showing us this idea. Aquinas is saying Jesus is picturing in his life the very thing that, well, he can do in your life in 2022. He has something beautiful set apart for you. He has something beautiful that he intends to do in your life. And he wants to manifest that, make that known to you in such a way that you can have an inspiring vision. You can attain a goal, put a goal forward towards it, and then come up with a path and a means to walking towards that goal. Well, I'm up against the end of my program. Tomorrow on Sound Insight, I'll get into the specific ways that we, Carrie and I, have done this through the years by coming up with a scripture, saying of a saint, some inspiring saying, maybe a song or a work of art, some means of embodying this idea that God has resolved to do this in my, in my year and how God can be the one who stirs that in you. What does that look like? Well, I'll tell you tomorrow on Sound Insight. All right, God bless your day. Please pray for me as I do for you.